Hey guys, uh, I am Barb and welcome to episode four of Creators Campfire. If you're new here, then this is a live stream podcast where I interview all sorts of creative people, entrepreneurs, content creators, side hustlers, uh, and general aspiring talent to find out what they do, why they do it, and how they do it. So tonight we have Zoe Davies joining us tonight, who is an executive sales leader at Avon. And I'm very, very excited because I think there's a lot of good stuff about to come up. Guys, please welcome Zoe. How are you? Fine, thanks. See you. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, thank you, firstly, for being on. This is very cool. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Hopefully people will jump on as, as the um, episode carries on. Guys, if you're joining us, feel free to, at any point, drop any comments, any questions or anything like that. Drop it in the uh, comments box. Both Zoe and me can see it. So as we go through, if it fits, we'll ask the questions as they go along. But anything we can't get to, we'll come back to at the end and we'll have a little Q&A uh, for everything else that comes up, basically. So, Zoe, for those that don't know anything about you or what a sales leader is, or to be honest, sometimes maybe even don't know what Avon is, uh, could you introduce yourself and a bit about what you do? Okay, so, yep. My name's Zoe. Uh, I'm an advanced executive sales leader with Avon, and I've been doing this for 15 years now. Uh, it, it really is my dream job. I absolutely adore it because I'm helping other people, and I'm helping other people make money um, and changing lives, and it really is so rewarding. And the, the different people that you meet is amazing. You get some ladies and gentlemen that just come on this one to basically just the social side of it, maybe just meet a few more people. And then you get other people that really want to build a big business, so you never know when you get up in the morning what you're going to we're going to get with this business. Yeah, it really, really was great. So you've just mentioned there you've been doing this for fifteen years. Uh, did you know when you started that this is as long as you were going to do it for, or this is where you're going to be? Well, I kind of fell into Avon. Really, um, I was in another. I was. When I left school, I was a bit of a rebel. <laughs> I went to Avon, I didn't go to college, didn't go to uni, loved it, worked at Maker Adventure Theme Park, had a great teenage years. Um, and then I, I went to retail, really enjoyed retail, worked my way up to manager's position, and had my first daughter, Megan. Um, so I said, no, I'm going back. I've worked so hard to get this uh, to get this job, and you're at where I am. So I went back full time with uh, 16 what was it 16 weeks in you looking for paternity leave in those days oh, no <laughs> so way. little baby went into nursery and then i had my son sam um 18 months later and at that point i realized i i couldn't do what i was doing i couldn't do the hours the weekends um it was just too much for two babies so we were looking around me and my partner Andy, we were looking for um just a way to cover some of my income because we got a car valeting business at the time as well right. and um i was in another network company and one of my customers, my customer's daughters rang me and said, would you like to do Avon? I said, well, I never really thought about it. <laughs> it wasn't, it was just, well, I said, okay, bit of extra money. So, yeah, so she came around and we had a chat and I started with Avon. So I really kind of fell into it. It wasn't planned at all. And, and I guess it's maybe now a little bit what people think old-fashioned but I guess 15 years ago was it quite well known did it, is it the sort of thing that everybody knew about um yeah I mean Avon is it the brand name huge brand recognition and I think that makes it a very very easy business um to come into and sell from the brochures 
Uh, I mean, actually, I had never ever bought Avon. <laughs> I'd never, I'd had the Avon books from my door, but I'd never ever bought Avon until I started Avon. So as soon as I got those smelly pages, they were fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, so I started on the Thursday and my area manager would said, can I come around and see you? And I thought, oh no, what have I done? I thought, I've done something wrong already. And she said, would you like to try um, sales leadership? And at the time it was very, very ground floor. It only just really started with Avon. And I didn't know much about that either. So I said, well, I'll give it a go. Um, I knew a little bit about network marketing from the company I've been with previously, but but not a lot. So I was in really at the very beginning when sales leadership um, first started. So just for those that are joining or will listen to this afterwards that maybe don't know how Avon works or what a sales leader and, and a rep is, is there a real quick summary you can give? Uh, before we go on and talk about the kind of nitty-gritty. Yes, so representatives, show the brochures around to family, friends, neighbours. Um, we've got the online stores now and instant virtual brochures that they could show. They collect orders in and they earn commission from the orders that they collect in. Um, as a sales leader, it's just an extension of that. Um, so a successful representative yourself, you're just showing other people how um, to get started. So you're just sharing the knowledge that you've built up with your own business um, and building a team, and then you earn commission off that team as well. So... Uh, uh, sorry, I missed. You said that it wasn't actually that long before your area manager had come in to say, "Do you want to thou be a sales leader and start telling other people about this new thing?" Is that when she's telling you this? Is this quite scary? Is this like, "Oh, this is great. This is a whole new business," or what's kind of going through your mind at that point? It, yes, it was. Um, I knew a little bit about network marketing, but not a lot. So I knew kind of what what it was um, and I had been doing catalogues so I knew the catalogue side of it so I knew that I'd be able to help people get started on that side of it but I literally started on the Thursday the 12th of July 2005 and on the Monday I was a team builder and <laughs> and I was putting my first order through as I was showing my new team members how to put theirs through as well <laughs> wow. so it was quite scary yes it was at the time. Do you think that having that experience in retail and working your way up to being this manager had helped you be that sales leader um, almost straight away, or is it not? Is it something that was already in you and you could do? I think um, I'm always whatever ever I work. When I work with the horses, I was I ended up running the yard, so I've always kind of worked my way up. Um, I'm just a bit bossy, really. <laughs> but the thing with Avon, I'm not a manager of my team. I'm there to help and support them. Um, so I never look at myself as a manager um, with them. I'm just there to help, to support them, to guide them. And whatever their goals are, we find out anyone who's in my team, what their why is, why they want to do it, and then we work the goals out through that. Yeah, okay. So it's the it's the helping people side that More than is people. the yeah okay that makes a lot of sense okay so you you're you're not long in you've already become a sales leader how does that then evolve so walk me through i don't know the next three six twelve months of of what that's like right well at that point my mum told me to get a proper job <laughs> <laughs> okay sounds like well, my mum <laughs> She wasn't happy that I was doing Avon, so she wanted to get a proper job. Um, I had two years before Sam would have started full-time school, so I had two years really to make this work, or I would have had to go back to full-time work. Um, so there was quite a big incentive there. Um, so I pushed forward. I mean, I, I was at... Uh, there's nothing that I will ask my team to do that I've not done myself. So I've been up, I've done two markets a week, got up at five o'clock in the morning, stood out on markets all day, um, town centre swoops, door knocking. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> so I, I've done it all. Um, there's nothing that I don't I'd ask my team to do that I haven't done myself. 
and yeah, so we pushed forwards. Um, within two years, I got to executive level on the old um, on the old power plan. And at that point, there was another funny thing that happened. Um, it was a gentleman in another area who was a sales leader, and he sent me an email and he says, "You show that an ordinary woman can achieve great things." Which is all brilliant. <laughs> wow! <laughs> How did you find? Okay, so like you've got two young kids and you're obviously doing this part time because you don't want to go back into full time. What are the kind of hours that you're doing and how did did that change over time as you kind of got more into it? And did you think going in you would be doing the hours that you ended up doing? Um, I was always very strict at the beginning. I didn't work weekends and I didn't work evenings. Um, so I grew. So while the children were young, they they really didn't think I worked. <laughs> um, so the Valentine Company was our that was um, that was our main breadwinner at the time. So that was where all the focus was. Um, so I was just building this up gradually in the background. Um, as the children got older, I could obviously start to do, devote more time um, than to, to the business. Um, my daughter's got epilepsy, so it, it, this worked really well with me being at home as well. Worked really, really well. Um, yeah, and gradually as they as they got older, I just worked more hours as they became more independent. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. In terms of mindset going in then, so a lot of people, well, at least from what I've seen, and I, I guess I'm talking nowadays and, and, and the people that I'm, uh kind of seeing they kind of think that this whole thing happens overnight and they almost expect that they'll start something and all of a sudden they'll be a su success and i don't think they necessarily see the hard work that that goes into these kind of things but also because they go in with a different expectation i think things don't necessarily meet that so going in was your mindset did you have because I know you quite like setting goals. At this point, did you have a mindset? I know you've got this, you know, two-year period where you say I have to make it work. But did you say, well, I have to achieve this by one month, or or was it just, you know, something? I'm going to see how it goes and take it day by day, almost. I think initially it was see as it goes, but then when I realised that this was something that I, I was I was good at, I could do, and I was I was building a good team. So that was when I really started setting goals. Um, and every year I'd break down my goals. And as you said, I'd break them down monthly. I'd have a year-end goal. Um, and, and every year I was hitting my year-end growth. So we just went forwards and forwards. A um, bit of a random one. If you weren't necessarily good at it or it wasn't either what you were expecting or it was not quite working, what do you think you would have done in that situation? Would you have maybe persevered for the two years anyway or...? I think, yeah, I, I would have done because okay. I was at home anyway. So, yeah. Right, yes. I mean, so kind of nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I did have other little things running alongside at times. Um, we, we've tried a lot of, we've been quite entrepreneurial over the years. So we, we have tried quite a lot of other bits and bobs. Um, so I was doing Avon and other little bits and bobs as well. But it was Avon was the one that came through for me. That was the one that um, I really enjoyed. And that was the, the business that worked for me. And are there any, so when you're doing all these other things, I guess, at the same time, were there learnings that you could take from those other things into Avon? Or how did you know that this was the one, I guess, was it just the, the sales or, or the money coming in at the end of it, that this is the one you wanted to stick with? I think Avon, Avon kind of gets into you. <laughs> I think if you cut me in half, it would say Avon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the people that you meet as well, yeah. I mean, a lot of my sales leads, my core sales leaders now have been with me 10, 12 years. 
Um, I've got one of my original representatives, Denise. I knocked on her neighbor's door, uh, asked, would you like to do Avon? She's, oh no, but my, my next door neighbor loves Avon. Um, and the chance of writing, she rang me back and Denise is my longest standing rep now. I think she's been with me 14 years. So I have made some amazing friends um, and seen people and our children have grown up together. And it's, yeah, it's really been, it's, it's that side of it as well. It's not just about the money and, and the business side. Yeah. So you just, you just knew it was a fit. It was like almost meant to be that this is what. Definitely. <laughs> so I think I may have made this up. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did you do Avon and then stop and then come back? Or is that completely made up? It's made up. <laughs> okay, awesome. So um, how did, and I guess 15 years ago, even 13 years ago, when you, you've kind of got to this level, you've decided that this is what you want to do and you're good enough to make a go of it. How does that, with not the social kind of side of things that you have now, how different was it back then trying to create a business versus maybe what you're looking at now if you were trying to enter? Totally different business, really. Online now. It, it, it's just so different. I mean, I did have a really um, kind of big kind of shove, put it that way, with Avon um, about, about six, seven years ago, the balloting business. Um, we had a bad debtor. Um, that nearly, we nearly closed down overnight. Oh wow! So luckily, we had Avon was at a stage where it was it was bringing money in, but not enough to live off. So that really gave us the push to really push forward with Avon because we realised then that this is a business that's just going to keep going and keep growing. Whereas the balloting traditional conventional businesses, it was yeah, it was very sad. We've all got the balloting business. My son actually does it now. Okay. Um, but yeah, but we we had a really bad few years, and it was Avon that got us through that. Wow. Okay. That. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm kind of. Yeah. 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 I knew there was something. Okay. So between between back then and and this point where you've you've really got to make a go of it, was it kind of like almost smooth sailing because it was the secondary income? Is it just a case of you were good at it, you were doing it part time while the kids were growing up, so it was just there and it was it was just ticking along really. And then the pressure came when I had to grow it. Okay. So, yeah, that was when the fresh came. Um, and that was that was about five years ago. And right. I can remember I was sat with a divisional manager at the time and we were talking and discussing where I wanted to be. And she says something to me that it stuck in my head and it was if you do the same, you get the same. And I'd been growing nicely and the business, but it wasn't it wasn't growing like I wanted it to. Right. So that was really when everything started to change. Okay. So you kind of had it in the back of your mind anyways, but this situation I guess forced you to yeah. do something right okay so you're in this situation you've had this conversation something needs to change what do you do what's going through your mind how do you so, approach that basically looking at the market and where do we go and it obviously was online five years ago um there weren't a lot of people um with a, we didn't even have the online stores then so um so i i bought a course which i haven't studied for about 25 years <laughs> <laughs> I bought this course. Um, I think it cost me a few hundred pounds, which I thought was a huge amount of money at the time. Yeah, um, <laughs> it to me because I'd, I'd not studied, I'd not done anything like that. So, so yeah, so I started learning. Um, it was um, it was a boot camp, some kind of business builders boot camp, and it went through every platform. Um, so I started to learn about Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I mean, four four and a half years ago, I won't even comment on a Facebook post. Um, and now my Facebook page is up to 19,000 followers and I'll, it's, it's unbelievable how it's grown. And I think people think that I've always 
being very social and very on social media and online and, and I wasn't at all I wasn't yeah. uh, when we first started calls I even bought a pair of glasses because I didn't like looking at myself on video <laughs> <laughs> wow okay okay to be honest you sound like you're describing me um so, so um how much was it the course that was like great or was it was the course a trigger or was there something in the course as in if somebody was doing it could they literally pick any course or do they have to spend their time researching and finding the right one how important is it to do that and and is it important to do a course yeah I think it is I mean when I started doing these social media courses I thought they would just tell me how to advertise because I I'd, I'd, I'd been on Google AdWords for quite a few years so I knew how to do Google AdWords I didn't know how to advertise on social media or how to work social media and be social um so I I bought this course and I thought it would just tell me how to do Facebook ads and it didn't and it was talking about tools and apps and I'm thinking I don't want to learn about this I just want to know how to advertise because that was what my mindset was I just wanted to advertise um, and I didn't understand social media at all. So I was really annoyed with this course, but I thought I'm going to carry on going through it. I thought I'm going to carry on working through it. Yeah. And it was showing me all these different tools and owned Canva and Pixabay and Word Swag. And I'm thinking, well, what do I need all these for? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and then it all started to fall into place. Um, creating the content um, and, and blogging. I mean, I don't, I, I used to really enjoy blogging. Um, I don't, as the, the it's been a bit of a like, catch-22 because as the team's grown the social media side of it has really grown the team but it's meant I've actually got less time now to spend on the social media because I'm spending more time with the team uh, which I love my team but I'm yeah. trying to get back at the minute to spend more time on my platforms and, and and I really really enjoy I really enjoy being on them yeah it's kind of like a teacher isn't it at school where the really good teachers get promoted to be the head or the head of year or the headmaster and all of a sudden the great teachers aren't teaching anymore and it's like they're not doing the bit that got them in there in the first place um okay so, so you've worked out social media before you took this course were you just you mentioned google adwords there was that all you were doing then so it yeah. was just advertising your website i'm assuming just Trying to yeah, drive I mean, traffic. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's so easy, and you, you just put an outfit on there and you pay. <laughs> and that, right, okay, yeah. Whereas I, I think that's why I, I just love Facebook ads so much because it's an art. It's it's creating the content and doing the audiences, and and I love training people how to do it as well, and seeing their their adverts start to to grow and start to work. And see, so when we were doing it as well, if you thinking about four three four years ago um facebook pages then they, they, they were growing so fast and we get an organic reach and it's a lot harder now with facebook pages you just don't get the reach with it it is very much pay to play now yeah 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 no that's that's true so what other platforms then were you so you, the course obviously covered lots of different platforms as you said yeah. but did you were you then still focused on facebook or did you actually just venture out into all of them Facebook seems to be where the majority of what my ideal audience is um, for Avon. Um, that's where I get most of my representatives from, my customers. But um, Instagram, I've not done a lot with Instagram recently, but my Instagram was really growing at one time. Um, I, was, I took a little photography course, bought a little um, camera, and uh, I was taking my own photos. Um, and because it was, it's authentic, it's unique, so it wasn't the stock photos that everyone's using with Avon. Um, and I was getting, I was make, creating my own quotes and making a really nice Instagram with. <laughs> it was, it was so coordinated. It was yeah. lovely. 
Um, I mean, I'm just actually I've just got my camera down again, so I wouldn't I wouldn't restart that because I was yeah. I really enjoying my Instagram, and I think I find people on Instagram really friendly as well. I, I do like Instagram, um, and then Pinterest. Uh, I, I I love Pinterest. Um, my first pin that went what, say virally, it drove two thousand people to my website in one day, and it was wow. the fourth. Yeah, it was a pin about a blog that I'd done. Uh, put it on, and I thought, where's all this traffic come from? Yeah. And it was it just been picked up and repinned and repinned and repinned, and it was brilliant. Um, but it, again, it was with Instagram. I, I couldn't understand to begin with. How do you make this work? How yeah. do you make the same with Pinterest? And it's just understanding the platforms and and what they are. Pinterest is a giant search engine, and um, it, it's just understanding the platforms. Yeah, I think Pinterest is probably a little underrated as well. It's not really thought of in in, in the same respect as everything else. Everyone goes Instagram first and then maybe like Facebook. Pinterest uh, drives half my organic traffic to my website. Wow. Yeah. From All the right, blog reaping in the blogs. Yeah. If you're listening, check out Pinterest. <laughs> um okay, so in terms of how much time then you were spending, how much more effort or time did you have to put in with all the social um kind of things? I'm I'm assuming this is when you went kind of part time is this when you went part time to full time? Um, yes, it would have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can remember I, I did a sheet and I showed it to somebody and well, you can't possibly do all that. And I literally broke down every hour in the week on what I was going to be doing when I was writing blogs, when I was being my other manager with my team. Um, I was, I had to be so organized, um, to, to, yeah. and with the studying as well, um, because I did um, a level three, then a level four social media course online. They it took me a year each. And then I did the one with the, um, Digital Market Institute, um, um, digital marketing um so basically qualified um social media marketer with it gave me a globally recognized qualification and it was and it's the first time i've done an exam i had to go to an exam center i don't do an exam center <laughs> <laughs> it was really scary <laughs> oh man yeah no exams aren't fun you no. kind of think you leave them behind at school. No. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to do. Uh, the Pearson exam center with all the kids doing the driving test one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so you've obviously invested over the years both time and money into courses. How important, and I, I think we've heard the answer, but how important were those to growing your business oh. and getting where you were? Yeah, it was, well, <laughs> can't say how much if I hadn't done that my business wouldn't have grown like it did yeah. Um, yeah I think people I don't know I think people maybe think that they're a bit hesitant about paying for these things because mm -hmm. I don't know whether they assume it should be free or they're like oh what if it's not good or I'm wasting money what if I don't like it or all those kind of things whereas I guess if you think about uni you pay how much for it for an education that you might not even ever use I don't I don't use probably most of what I learned at uni or even school whereas these courses and these investments are probably tiny in comparison but are so specific and specialized that they could give you so much that people kind of I don't know dismiss them maybe it's interesting because when I look back to 2017 that was when my team really started to grow and people started to notice because I was shooting at the league tables and and quite a few people got in touch with me and said what are you doing and I told them exactly what I was doing <laughs> um, and then I've spoke to these same people last year and they said oh I wish we started it when you did um, there's quite a few people have said that now yeah so we, we wish we started it when you did uh, but no I mean in 
I, that initial course was £300 I paid for. And I thought that was oh, so much money. I thought, cracking, it's a lot of money. And I mean, I've, I've paid thousands now for some courses I've done. And I'm, and I'm, I'm more than willing to do it. Um, I actually just paid £4,500 for the course I did last year. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I, I will invest in that and I will continue to invest in myself yeah. now. Have you ever done a course that you've obviously paid for that was just crap? <laughs> just no, not one of the expensive ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Well, I guess I guess what I'm getting to is is do you ever have to put that investment in and then it turns out to not be quite what you expected? You're like, oh, I lost some money. What's it, it, and if it is, what's your mindset about that? Is it just you know it was it is what it is and you move on to the next one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've got a lot of little courses that I've bought over the years that I've, I'm like a quarter of the way through and then got bored. Um, yeah. the, the bigger ones have, have always I've researched them well and I, I've known exactly what I want from them um, because I've not only done the um, the social media courses, I also did a personal development course last year um, because I thought I needed a bit of a I just felt like I needed a change from learning social media. I thought I needed to, yeah. to find out by myself. And, and it's helped me with my team as well. It's and actually at home. It was a fantastic course I did last year. Yeah. Do you find, out of interest, that people don't necessarily listen to your advice because it's free? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I found, I mean, I run courses for the team. And I think, crikey, I've paid a lot of money to learn this. And then people are turning up sometimes and not turning up and then not implementing what we do. And I'm thinking I've spent a lot of money, not just in learning um, the social media and doing the courses, but then investing in the advertising to find out what works. And I come with Facebook adverts. Um, I spent a thousand pounds before I even started <laughs> generating any leads, but I was determined it was going to work. So I yeah. kept going and kept going. Um, and now Facebook ads are fantastic for me. Um, they've been a huge growth for my business. Yeah, I guess that's a testament to your mindset, though. And again, it comes back to that people go in with the mindset of they're expecting things to just happen. It's like, oh, I paid for an ad. Why haven't I got results? Whereas I think that's exactly the great thing that, that you've done. You've gone, I know this investment will pay off. It might take six months. It might take 12 months. But you know something, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to wait and I'm going to put in the effort rather than, oh, we didn't work after one or maybe two tries and then just give up. Consistency is a word that I use all the time in my team, uh, all the time. It's the same with, with writing blogs, with anything with social media. It takes time. I can remember when the website first started um, converting leads that were coming through. And it was, like, oh, it was amazing. It was just, oh, all this work. And I knew it would pay. I always knew it would pay off. I knew that um, the work that I was doing would work. So how, okay, I don't know if it's just me, but... I, I, I don't have that same mindset. I'm one of the hesitant ones and I'm like, oh, is it, is it not? Is it worth it? How do you, is that a mindset you've always had about just life maybe? Or is there something you're doing that makes you think, you know something, I'm doing the right thing. It is going to work because I know exactly what I'm doing. I've always gone with my gut instinct, always. So generally, if I've decided that I really want to do something, this is the way I'm going to go, then that is the way I'm going to go. Nothing stops me. Um, and I say to the team, if, it, if it's working, do more of it. If it's not working after a while, then stop it and do something else. Um, but I've always had this thing where I will just keep going and going. Um, it's, I'm a big believer. I write all my goals down. Um, I had a, um, had a five-year plan, um, earnings plan, commission plan. And in year three, I wanted a thousand representatives at the end of the year. That was my goal. I had a thousand and one. In year four, I wanted one thousand two hundred and fifty. I had one thousand two hundred and fifty. It's 
unbelievable. It's how just writing things down and, and believing in where you want to go. Yeah. yeah okay. That I, I I do completely agree. And I personally I try it, and then I'm the type of person that gives up. And <laughs> I I know I'm saying these things, but look, let's see how far this goes, right? I am I am the kind of person that's like, oh, I'm not sure. But part of me thinks that's because I haven't found the right thing for me that, that necessarily I do want to keep going with. And part of me is like, is it just how I am? But I'm, I'm leaning towards it, it. When you find the right thing, you will kind of just do it because it then becomes about, I guess what they say, it becomes about the process rather than necessarily the goal. So yes, you have a goal, but you enjoy the journey. You enjoy the process of getting there. Whereas if you hated that, it doesn't matter what your goal is. You're never going to reach it because like, it, it's not enjoyable, right? I've always learned as well now, one thing I have learned is when you hit your goals, enjoy it. Because I was so guilty. I hit a goal, next goal, hit a goal, next goal. And I wasn't actually sitting back and enjoying and thinking, oh, great, I've, I've done that, I've achieved that. So I have learned now, I think anyone who's setting goals, everybody should set goals, yeah. always make sure that you, you you know, you recognise when you've got there and you celebrate a little and give yourself a bit of a pat on the back and, you know, because I'm, I'm a terrible, I just want the next win. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, completely. Um, for somebody who is looking to set their first goal, maybe they're listening and then they're like, oh, okay, I've never set a goal. Maybe I'm going to set a goal. Where do you recommend they start? Because I guess you don't, well, actually, I've heard two versions of this. Some people like to set an impossible goal that's, you know, just way, way, way out there, but it teaches you to keep going. And some people are like, start small, make it achievable, then when you tick it off, it gives you that kind of adrenaline kick, the dopamine hit, and, and then you go on to the next one. Where do you sit with that? Um, if I'm if I'm with some of my team and we basically look at three goals, one to make you healthier, one to make you happier, and one to make you wealthier. <laughs> so if you start like off with happier, healthier, wealthier, it's really easy to, to think about. Um, and, and as you say, if you set goals that are way out there, you're just going to get despondent. So I'm constantly reevaluating all my goals anyway. Uh, but what I do, we'd set a goal, we'd set one that was within reason, and we'd just chunk it down. And I think it's just those little steps, a little bit every day towards that goal. Um, I'm a big, I love smart goals. So everything we have to set has to be a smart goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's funny people's why as well. And the goal's got to be aligned to their values, what their personal values are. Yeah. Um, it's no good having a goal if somebody else has set it for you. It's got to be in alignment with, with your why and what. So it's really finding their why first as well. Um, I mean, my why has always been my family with this. It's always been my family. Uh, we moved house last year um, and that, that was a huge goal because we'd, we'd been in a little terraced house for 19 years. <laughs> and then we moved to a four bedroom cottage with a big garden and, and it's been lovely. And it's been so nice because it was all been done for my family. Yeah, no, that makes everything worthwhile, all the hard work. Has there any ever been any time, and I know how much you love Avon and doing what you do, but has there been any point at which you've gone, just, I can't do this anymore? Um, I did get a little bit of overwhelm um, about 18 months ago. The business started to really grow fast. It was, it was growing, um, and I think I... I emotionally wasn't keeping up. I was I was capable of running it as a business, perfectly capable. I haven't yeah. got the drive to do it and um, the business acumen. But I think emotionally, I was just finding it a little bit too much. 
Um, so this is, I've always, I've had a business coach for the past three years and she has been invaluable. And just going to a talking um, to her and um, I, I just worked through it. But I think that's been the only time and that would just be, I mean, it was a good time because the business was growing really fast. <laughs> but it was, it was just a lot to take in at the time. Um, and I, I did get a bit of overwhelm with that. I do tend to burn myself out every now and again, but I've, as I've got older, I've, I can kind of recognise now when I'm pushing myself too far and I will sit, sit back now. Yeah. yeah. And do you have any like, useful techniques for dealing with that or the same thing? Or is it just experience that over time you notice the triggers and you're like, OK, this is about to happen. Just, you know, take a step back. Yeah, I think I think it's, it comes with age. <laughs> As I've got, I, I realise. Yeah. <laughs> As I, I realise when I'm, I'm just pushing myself a little bit too far, and I'm no good. Um, I can't pour from an empty cup. I'm no good for my team if I'm burnt out. So that was the other thing I've realised. Because before I'd just keep going, keep going, keep going, and then I'd be, oh, I've had enough, and and then I, I couldn't look after my team. So I, I stopped now, and I say no. It's one thing I've learned as well as I've got older to say no. <laughs> I wasn't very good at that before. <laughs> Um, is there a particular habit that you do or have done that has helped you just as as a as a kind of team leader? Um, I think I think just understanding people and understanding that I was very much when I first started, I thought everybody would want to do it like I did, and everybody wants to go full pelt and build huge businesses, and that was a big learning curve for me now. And now it's about finding out people's why, why they want to do it, um, letting everybody work at their own pace, but always being there and being supportive. But that was a huge learning curve. I just thought everybody wanted to do it like I did. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, I, have, I have to sit back a little bit and, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So um, for somebody, I was going to say starting out on this journey, but I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be with Avon for this question. If somebody starting out, maybe they're in a similar situation, they've got young kids, they want to do something. Is there any particular advice you would give them, whatever kind of route they're going down in terms of how to approach the mindset or um, some guidance on how to find something and, and, and follow that path? Um, I think, I mean, I, I was lucky that I found, well, Lynn kind of found me. Um, so I've, we've always been very supportive towards each other. Um, and that's the biggest thing I see in, in this business, that people don't feel supported by their team leader. They just join with anybody um, and then they get disillusioned and they leave. So find a business that you like, find a product that you like. I mean, you've got to love the product. I mean, I love Avon, full stop. So if you love candles, go and find a Whatever, you've got to love the product. Um, and then it's finding the right person. So don't just join with the first person that you, you see. Find somebody that you gel with, um, that you get on with, and you're going to work with them for a lot of years. Um, working yeah. together with them. Um, I have one more question on social media. Um, so we've covered Facebook um, and Instagram and Pinterest. Um, are there any other platforms like TikTok that you use or would like to use or see value in using? And what is your opinion on kind of the best approach? Right, TikTok, I have downloaded it. That's as far as I've got. <laughs> Fair. That's as far as I got, and then I stopped. All the girls in the team—they're really enjoying it. They're really enjoying it. I've got to look though at the demographics of the people that I want to put my content in front of, and I just think TikTok's a little bit too young, really. Um, I know what my ideal representative for their age—I can everything about them, and I know my ideal to a customer, and they're not really on TikTok. Um, LinkedIn. Uh, 
I've used a little bit, um, but again, it's not really my ideal representative, ideal customer on there. I probably business builders more from, from LinkedIn. So I've got a little bit of presence on LinkedIn. Twitter, I've never, I did start using Twitter, but I didn't, I didn't get very far with Twitter at all. So I don't know, just me and Twitter don't seem to gel that much. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so, so clearly the, the answer is you don't have to be on every platform. Uh, you can just make the ones work that suit you. So if you are good with the pictures and Instagram, if you're good with the words, then you can probably make Twitter work. And if you're good with videos, I'm sure you could make TikTok work, right? It, yes. Well, YouTube's my next channel. That's my next. I've never, I've got a little, I've got a YouTube channel and a bit of a yeah. presence on there. Um, yeah. But that is my, for this year, that's, that's my focus this year. So I'm quite looking forward to that. You heard it here first, guys. YouTube, <laughs> on YouTube is going to be big. <laughs> <laughs> um just you just mentioned there in terms of knowing your demographic on the platform how do you it might be a stupid question but how do you know that is it a case of download the app and scroll through it for a couple of hours to see what it's like or is it actual physical googling and research into someone you know telling you if, if you go on google you can get all the, the demographics of the beach platform um and then if you um i mean facebook's got the wonderful audience insights um, from the adverts, you can see who's interacting with your ads, and you just gradually you, you get to the point where you know exactly the age to target, interest to target. So, so I guess with like Facebook ads, you have to go through that journey. So maybe the first, and I don't don't really know how much they cost, but say the first couple of hundred pounds is kind of just experimenting and testing the waters to see, kind of like a scattergun approach almost, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very different with Facebook because um, people go in and they put an advert on, they just expect people to enter, and, and it's not, it's about building your audiences up, uh, your cold audiences, your warm audiences, um, and, and knowing what audiences you want to target, um, knowing what um, what KPIs you're going to be looking on, um, what you want for each, and it, it's, it's about building audiences up, and, and people don't look at it like that, they, they run an ad and they want to get leads from it or reps from it or customers from it but i don't if i run an advert i'm building audiences up all the time that i can then reuse and remarket to i do a lot of remarketing um from my facebook from my website back to facebook so um so it's all <laughs> okay yeah. I, I like that that makes a lot of sense um if you were giving yourself advice 15 years ago zoe if you were giving yourself some advice now knowing all the things you know what would you say to her? Read more and study. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't. Um, when I left school, I, I don't think I read a book <laughs> until probably 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> and the business growth that I had came from when I started studying, came from when I started reading. Um, I mean, another phrase that I like is um, your income will never exceed your personal development. And that was so true in my business. I was growing a business, yeah, and I was growing it out of pure hard work um, and grit. And I was just determined that it was going to work. As soon as I started um, studying and upskilling myself, that was when it exploded. Though. That was what made that difference. So you can work yourself into the ground. And yes, you'll grow a business. But as soon as you actually start working on yourself, work twice as hard on yourself as you do in your business. And it will make a huge difference. Okay. And it comes back to the whole investing in yourself and... and yeah. Go, yeah. yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, guys that are watching live, if you have any questions or comments or you just want to say hi, drop them in the comments box below and we'll get to them in just a minute. Um, to be honest, if you're just watching, say hi. It'd be nice to see who's out there. Um, all right, cool. I had one more 
uh, specific question before we get um, onto the rapid fire, which is my favorite bit. Um, <laughs> if you could put a message out uh, on giant billboard uh, to like millions and millions of people, what would it be and why? I think it would have to be what, what kick-started me five years ago, which is if you do the same, you get the same. And I, I really, really, really think that, yeah. That, that's that's the, always what sticks in my mind, what kind of started this. And it's just pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Um, I read what it was the other day, it was Jack Canfield. He said, um, if you're not doing something every day that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you're not growing. And I think that every day now. I think if I've done something today that I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone with. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. That's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> All right, cool. Are you ready for some rapid fire? I am. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm excited. Right. What's the first word that comes into your head right now? Love. Ah. Um, <laughs> favorite pizza topping? Oh, pepperoni. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? fly <laughs> a lot of people say that um what tv show are you binge watching right now oh the the other one on bbc okay. one about the sisters oh not heard of it okay white, um, lines. Oh, white lines fantastic on netflix everyone know white lines that one either okay i'm, I'm old school i'm i'm watching that 70s show because i didn't watch it the first time round. <laughs> but anyway um uh, one person, dead or alive, you'd like to have dinner with? Oh, Jack Canfield. Top thing on your bucket list? Get a horse. That is mine. <laughs> I, want, I want a horse. That's all at the minute. That's all, Everything is focused on at the minute. Even down to losing weight. I'm running in the morning, <laughs> <and> bike. <laughs> I'm just waiting to open up. <laughs> the next no, time I speak to you, you'll probably have one. <laughs> Um, uh, one thing you're grateful for? Uh, health, my family's health. Uh, if you could travel back or forward in time to any period, where would it be? Or when? Well, I don't know, I've never been really into history. And... <laughs> <laughs> I could have traveled forward 200 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are you a morning or an evening person? Morning. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Lovely. Uh, texting or talking? Talking. Yeah. Netflix or YouTube? Oh, that's a hard one. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Uh, TV or book? Book. Um, pen or pencil? Pencil. Really? <laughs> <laughs> not very often. Not very often I use a pen. Um, passenger or driver? Driver. Uh, cooking or baking? Mm, cooking. You look, you passed. That was fun. <laughs> See, that was easy. <laughs> That was nice and fun. Um, is there anything that I haven't talked about? Anything you'd like to say uh, before I um, plug you? <laughs> um, um, no, it's just, um, just I say that the biggest takeaway I've got from my myself over the past 15 years 
is that yes, I worked really hard and the business was growing, but it wasn't until I started investing in myself that the business did grow. So yeah. I think that, that's my biggest takeaway, my biggest learning myself from the past 15 years. I think that's that's great because I think it's a it's one of those things that people often don't think or dismiss or kind of glance mm. over and don't pay enough attention to. Um whether it's a money thing, which it doesn't always have to be, like books, library. So many <laughs> out there. I mean, I've done yeah. YouTube ones, um, Udemy, there's a site called Udemy. Um, I've done yeah. so many courses on there for about 10 pounds each. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be a big investment. Um, guys, for anybody who's watching or will be listening and re-watching that is interested in Avon either becoming a rep or um, a sales aider or being part of Zoe's team, which is amazing. And Zoe has an insane amount of knowledge about both business, Avon and social media. Um, then please, please, please get in touch with Zoe. Uh, she's got a website. It's makeupinbusiness.com. It's rolling across the bottom for those that you are Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure I've got .com as well linked up to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Right, there we go. Makeupinbusiness.co.uk. Um, and Zoe can be found on both Facebook and Instagram at makeupinbusiness. I don't know.co.uk to get wrong there. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure she'll be happy to hear from you on any platform. Go and find her. Um, I'm sure you'll agree that this has been a lot of fun and there was a lot. I could probably still talk for another hour, but I'm not going to do that to you because we've all got lives. Um, but uh, so, so much knowledge. Guys, reach out, say hi, um, and go and follow Zoe. Awesome. Right, Zoe, first and foremost, thank you so, so much for doing this. It's been great. I've learned a lot, <laughs> both about you and, and stuff in general, which is great. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Guys, this recording will be available. Um, it'll be on Facebook on uh, facebook.com forward slash Project Life Admin. It will also go up on my YouTube channel in its entirety. Zoe, any parting remarks? No, I've loved it. Awesome. No worries. <laughs> Guys, thank you to everyone who joined us live, everyone who will be listening afterwards. Uh, you can stay up to date with all podcast news at projectlifeadmin.com or on Instagram at projectlifeadmin. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place, different guest. Be well, be kind, stay safe, go invest in yourself and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks, bye. Bye, guys.